Coming up, we're talking about a new general manager at Eldora Speedway, Sheldon Hoddenshield diving into YouTube, a sad letter from American Racer, and more. Let's go. Today is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Thanks to a rainout a week ago, the season at Eldora Speedway hasn't started just yet, but while we wait for the opener, big changes came to the track yesterday. The Tony Stewart-owned facility announced that longtime general manager Roger Slack is taking a sabbatical and that Jerry Gappens will take over the role of running the facility. Gappens has been promoting Gas City I-69 Speedway since 2018 and previously managed New Hampshire Motor Speedway for Speedway Motorsports and was an executive at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Smoke bought Eldora from Earl, uh, Earl Baltus in 2004 and Slack had been there for the past 12 years overseeing improvements, growing their big events like the King's Royal and the Dream in the World and helping to bring the NASCAR Truck Series there. The season is already set at Eldora with some big things happening, including the return of the Eldora, Mil uh, Eldora Million, and Gappens should have no problem jumping right into the fray there. Longtime promoter and Eldora Speedway employee Larry Booz will fill the void of Gas City, now left by the departing Jerry Gappens. Seems like Eldora is in capable hands going forward, and I want to wish Roger slack luck as he moves forward in his own journey. Roger was someone we enjoyed having on Open Red several years ago. And he has a crazy story if you don't know it. Roger is episode 97 if you want to go find that and listen to it today. I've crossed paths a few times with him in my own racing career and I have great respect for what Roger's done. I'm sure we'll see him again in a big time role down the road. The season at Eldora starts a week from today, April 26th, with the rescheduled Flow Racing Night in America lay model show. For more info on the track and the announcement, head over to eldoraspeedway.com. If you are a consumer of YouTube, which I'm guessing there's a reasonable chance you are, being as how most of my audience consumes the show on YouTube, I've got a recommendation for you today. Shelton Hodgeshield has had a channel since 2011, but hadn't posted anything since 2016. That was until this week. Yesterday, they dropped a nearly 10-minute behind-the-scenes video of the team on the West Coast World of Outlaws swing that is absolutely worth your time today. The video was produced by Durko Media House and creator Jesse Douglas, and it is a really fun watch. It's shot very much like a documentary and is exactly the kind of content we need to be getting across uh, dirt racing much more often. According to Sheldon's Twitter account, they are planning to release nine more episodes, which I'm assuming will come at regular intervals through the season. I've added Sheldon's channel to the videos page at dirttracker.com. And if you're actually on the Dirt Tracker YouTube channel, if you click the channels button in the upper nav bar, you'll see a whole list of other dirt racing creators. And I've added Sheldon's channel there as well. Give the video a watch and let me know what you think. I'm sure that NOS probably had a large hand in making this happen. And it's a no brainer fit to get into that Ricky Stenhouse and Richard Marshall owned team like this. We literally talked about Sheldon on the show yesterday and his exciting driving style, and this is a great way for him to connect with fans and help grow his fan base. If you're a regular here, you've heard me harp about this stuff before, and it feels like the industry is kind of starting to finally listen here. We've seen some really fun short form pieces from Tony Laporta this season working for World Racing Group. David Gravel has obviously really embraced his vlog series. I just talked about Sprint, Cub here, uh, Sprint Car Hub here recently. And this all goes along with some of the more established dirt racing creators like Hunt the Front, Tanner Holmes, Swindell Speed Lab, and Manny Pouch uh, Mahaney. 
It's a significant investment in time and resources to create content like this, but especially where there is a lack of coverage from more traditional media outlets, we've got to make our own way here. I think there are real opportunities for the drivers and teams to make something big if they really wanted to, and my channel is a good example of that. We've grown this audience really nicely over the last two plus years, and I'm just a talking head. I don't have the amazing visuals that are possible for the teams to capture when they're at the racetrack. So kudos to Sheldon and his group for going this direction. Hopefully this will lead to others really embracing what's possible going forward in this space. In the ongoing issues around parts and tire shortages, there was a not so great letter put out by American Racer yesterday. According to the company, a nylon shortage is leading to them having to suspend the production of dirt modified, dirt sprint, and dirt late model tires. They also anticipate interruptions to their asphalt racing line of tires as well. The letter says, quote, we will get more fabric at some point, but we cannot be certain of the exact date or how much of it. We also expect these production delays will push lead times further into the future, which could affect the remaining racing season, unquote. So that's not exactly the news we were hoping for here, with some races already lost to sh uh, tire shortages around the country. I'm not super familiar with tire rules, uh, you know, kind of in various parts of the uh, United States, but I do know that the USMTS runs on America Racers, as does the Short Track Super Series. So right off the bat, you'd think those two series could be affected by this news pretty quickly. And yesterday, there was a piece at Dirt Track Digest about Grandview Speedway making changes to their weekly tire rules in response to the letter from American Racer. They are easing the limits on which tires can be used, and they are pushing back start time so that racing happens under the lights in hopes that tire wear will be less. I also saw that Jeremy Elliott at SprintCarUnlimited.com is working on a story about this as well, so he might be providing some new details that we'll keep an eye out for. Either way, though, this isn't good news, and things could continue to get worse before they get better. I'm guessing we probably aren't done with races being lost to these tire shortages, and I'd also bet that this could lead to more panic buying and even more problems trying to get rubber. I think this could also very much put more pressure on Hoosier if some of these American racer tracks and series decide to open things up and allow Hoosiers when they haven't in the past. There's also probably a solid chance that Hoosier couldn't handle that additional demand. So let's hope that American Racer is able to find some nylon hidden somewhere and get their production lines rolling again. And I think, you know, we talked about their, you know, this idea of opening up uh, tire rules around the country and allowing more tire manufacturers into this. But this situation with American Racer is a perfect example of why that won't necessarily fix any of the problems. If companies like American Racer can't get the supplies necessary to make tires I think it's probably a reasonable chance that some of the other tire companies aren't going to be able to get tires as well. So allowing Goodyear or, you know, some of these other companies to come in and make tires isn't necessarily going to be the uh, the answer here. So we'll have to just wait and see how this plays out. But I'm sure we're not done with this. And if American Racer is having issues getting supplies, then Hoosier might be up against this as well soon. We'll just kind of have to wait and see how this plays out. Before we close out today, I've got a few numbers for you to ponder on this Tuesday. First, we talked about the USAC sprint car field at Atomic being only 20 cars. And I looked back through the last 74 series races, which takes us through the 2020, uh, 2020 season. And it's the smallest car count for a USAC national sprint car show I can find over that stretch. With the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series, Brad Sweet has finished top 10 in 13 straight races. It's the longest active top 10 streak in the country right now. That is among the eight dirt racing series that I track in the analytics section. Garrett Alberson in his rookie season currently leads the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series in feature plus minus. He is plus 62. Not far back from him is Tyler Erb, who is plus 58. 
Herb is actually starting features more than a position further back than he did last season on average, but he's finishing a position better because of all of those moves he's making once the green flag drops. And with the ASCS National Tour, Wayne Johnson has decided to return to the series full-time after, uh, after several years following the World of Outlaws. Johnson is the only driver to finish top 10 through the first four race nights in 2022, and he's the current points leader. The ASCS is headed to Salina and US 36 Raceway this weekend. There are two shows on the streaming schedule for today. Duravision has outlaw carts from Millbridge Speedway here in North Carolina, and there is Flow Racing 24-7. If you want to check out the daily streaming schedule that includes links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Tuesday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. Dirt Tracker Daily.